Hello, my fellow ghouls, to the Ocean Avenue Project, a three-episode Halloween special, and I'm your host, Donnie. Tonight, we're going to be reviewing Bob's Burgers, Nightmare on Ocean Avenue Street, The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror 4, and Family Guys, Peter Guys. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to do the wrap-up where I compare the episodes and choose the best of the night. Also, stick around after the wrap-up because there'll be updates about this podcast and news about upcoming Bob's Burgers episodes. Woohoo! Before we get this episode started, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to start the whole night off with Nightmare on Ocean Avenue Street. <laughs> Welcome back. Hopefully you have your Halloween costume picked out <laughs> and you're ready to go. <laughs> Well, anyway, so I wrote an entire synopsis of the episode, so here we go. This is for Nightmare on Ocean Avenue Street, which was Season 9, Episode 4. This is the first annual Ocean Avenue candy crawl. The town's getting ready for the event by doing decorations for each store. The kids are excited because this year they only have to trick-or-treat on one street. And guess what street that is? <laughs> the it candy of the year is Sticky Sugar Booms. The kids asked Bob if he bought some, but he said no, he bought... Dr. Peter's Bitter Drops. Mm. Bob found a flyer that says Dr. Yap is offering a dollar a pound for candy. The kids didn't think it's worth it. Teddy walks in and says that his rival Glenn is beating him out of many jobs. Glenn had, was hired to do the new candle store's decoration. So in the beginning of the episode, we learn about the new store next to Bob's. It's called Those Who Can Dulls Candles. And then the exterminator was Bugaduke Pest Control. So the can-do candle stores with the one Teddy is uh, re referencing to that they hired Glenn and uh, now he feels like he needs to lie to Glenn saying that he was hired to do Bob's decorations at the restaurant. Bob is like not sure about it but eventually he agrees and he says that he can decorate the, the restaurant if he wants. Glenn and Teddy throw <laughs> aggressively polite jabs at each other while decorating. The kids reveal their costumes. We get Gene as Andre the Giant, Andre 3000 the Giant, Louise as the girl with the, the dragon with a girl tattoo, Oof. and Tina as none of your business. Teddy is dressed as a neon disco dancer. The family's impressed by the spider that Teddy puts up, and moments later, Glenn's bat impresses everyone even more. The family is complimenting Glenn's smell and appearance, which really made me laugh. The kids have a montage of them getting candy. Jimmy Jr. and Zeke show up and through. <laughs> Uh, a snap and a pop. Uh, they're throwing snap. Maybe those little snapping, popping things on the ground as they're walking towards them. And they ask the kids if they can join them to the uh, mutilation mansion. Andy and Ollie show up as peanut butter and jelly, and they say their candy was stolen. And then we soon see uh, regular size Rudy and Daryl, and they say someone stole their candy too. The Belcher kids are freaking out and feel there's a war on candy. Louise is trying to figure out who are the crooks. The Belcher kids begin to accuse Zeke and Jimmy Jr. and moments later, Gene's candy is stolen and he falls to the ground acting like he's going to pass out. Linda is passing out the bitter drops and apologizing. <laughs> uh, Bob and Teddy are talking about how handsome Glenn is and Teddy finishes his spider and are instantly outclassed by Glenn's superior display. Bob is sticking up for Teddy and asks him to improve the spider. The kids are debating on re-trick-or-treating to get their candy back. Louise is devising a plan to avoid the street as much as possible. The masked crooks steal Tina's bag and now they feel there's nowhere safe to go. Linda is now offering sugar and coffee to kids <laughs> because she feels bad how bad the bitter drops are. A gorilla snags Louise's candy and runs off. The gang is following him and hoping they can 
um, get their candy back. The gorilla's on an electric skateboard and flying down the road. They catch a bus and as soon as the bus driver points out that he should be on his route, he kicks him out. They are running after them on uh, running running after the gorilla on the wharf. Bob reveals his new outfit and he says he's Bruce Springsteen. Teddy thought he was Rambo. Teddy's reattaching uh, chainsaws and nail guns to the spider. Linda says, I don't want to explain to the kids that our dad died of a chainsaw spider accident. The spider goes rogue and kills Glenn's display. The gang reaches the wharf and they follow the gorilla to the mutilation mansion. The gang is nervous to go into the haunted house. As they enter, crazy things happen and they begin regretting going in. They attempt to corner the gorilla in the ballroom of blood. Tina and Jean are nervous and feel bad that the kids go in while, they, while they're staying outside. In the ballroom of blood, Jean and Tina tackle the gorilla down and Louise reveals that the gorilla is Dr. Yap. He had stole, uh, he was the sole person stealing the candy. Dr. Yap is frustrated that he sends out a flyer to everyone and everyone ignores it. He said the reason he did it is because of sticky sugar booms and he wanted to save the kids from cavities. Louise figures that the candy is in the incinerator. The candle shop owner mentions that Glenn was actually showing off to Teddy and now they seem to have a mutual understanding of each other. The kids reach the guy who was burning the candy and they stop him. Dr. Yap shows up and tries to stop them. Louise tells the incinerator man the reason why he shouldn't do it. He eventually caves in and hands the candy back. The gang goes around handing candy to all the kids in town who lost their candy. Zeke and Jimmy didn't get a chance to go to the mansion and Lisa said, uh, Lisa, Tina said that she did and reveals in the briefcase was full of candy. The credits theme is rolling and it's a parody of Salt and Peppa's None of Your Business but featuring candy. <laughs> and here's my review. I Since I did the entire outline, my review is going to be kind of short because I pretty much said everything I wanted to say. So in the review, uh, I truly love this episode. It had mystery, action, drama, and sweetness, and of course, a happy ending. I think the jokes were sparse, but impactful and funny. I enjoyed the huge range of costumes shown to us here. We really get a sense of Halloween here. The kids are enjoying going to the store to store, getting free candy. I love how Teddy and Glenn had the fun back and forth, which I like to see again if possible. Glenn is very reminiscent of Jimmy Pesto, and I love that competitive dynamic. I think it's hilarious that Bob's childhood was so sensible and work-oriented that his favorite candy is bitter drops instead of something sweeter. <laughs> I think it's like they're trying to hint at something there. Uh, Linda's uh, offering <laughs> coffee to trick-or-treaters really made me laugh. Overall, this episode was fun, full of laugh and suspense, and I give it a 10 out of 10. And I did find some trivia for this episode, and here we go with that. Why did I say it like that? Okay, this episode marks one of the few times the store next door is occupied during the entire episode and not just during the opening credits. It's also the first time the characters mention in the store by name and actually interact with someone who works there. The store next door is those who candle candles. The burger of the day was my bloody Kalentine burger, which is a reference to my bloody Valentine, which is a movie. The song over the ending credits is None of Your Business by salt and Peppa, with the lyrics changed to candy related. And Tina is shown singing in her Halloween costume as a nun. You know, none of your business. The Exterminator is Bugadook, which is a play on the Babadook, if you've ever seen that movie. The title is a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> now up next is The Simpsons. So for The Simpsons is Treehouse of Horror 4 from Season 5, Episode 5. 
and I got a like basically a wrap up on uh, Wikipedia. So I'm gonna read that, and then my review for this one's actually longer than the description because I I did the review by watching it and then writing the review for it, kind of like the opposite of the Bob's Burgers one. Anyways, here we go. In the wraparound, Bob introduces each of the three segments by walking through a gallery of paintings, and each one, uh, each time choosing a different one to focus on the story. In The Devil and Homer Simpson, Homer sells a soul to a devil, who takes the form of Ned Flanders for a donut. After Marge and Lisa plead with Ned, he agrees to put Homer on trial. At the trial, Marge saves Homer and from being sent to hell by displaying a photo of their wedding day. At the back of the photo, Homer has written that in return for Marge giving him his, her hand in marriage, he pledges his soul to her forever, therefore it is not the property of him to sell at the time he had to deal with Ned. The case is dismissed, Ned frees Homer, and Ned gets his revenge by turning Homer he Homer's head into a donut. In Terror at Five and a Half Feet, Bart tries to warn the passengers of a school bus that a gremlin is loosening the lug nuts of one of the wheels, and nobody sees the gremlin. In desperation, Bart climbs halfway out of the window and stares off, scares off the gremlin with an emergency flare. As Bart is pulled back by the bus by Principal Skinner and groundskeeper Willie, he drops the flare on the gremlin, who catches the fire and falls from the bus and is found by Ned. Even though everyone sees the damage when they get, make it to the bus, make it to school, Bart is sent to a psychiatric hospital for his disruptive behavior. Bart is relieved as he is finally able to rest, but the gremlin appears in the back window of the ambulance, holding Ned's decapitated head. And Bart Simpson's Dracula. <laughs> I just got that for some reason. Uh, the Simpson family is in. <laughs> Invited to Mr. Burns Castle in Pennsylvania for a midnight feast, Bart and Lisa discover a secret staircase descending into a basement from the coffins. Vampires emerge from the coffins and encircle them while Lisa reads through Burns' autobiography, Yes, I'm a Vampire. Lisa escapes and tries to warn her parents that Burns has been bitten, has bitten Bart, and Homer and Marge pay little attention until Bart tries to bite Lisa later that night. Homer drives a stake through Burns' heart and kills him, as Lisa believes doing so will restore Bart. The next morning, Lisa discovers that everyone else in the Simpson family is a vampire. With Marge as their head, the, the family breaks character and wishes the audience a happy Halloween, and they begin humming Hark the Angels, Herald Angels Sing. Ooh. So here's my review for the episode. <laughs> it's such a backwards way to do this. But anyways, the reason I did it is because I'm sure they have a more snappier uh you know explanation to the whole thing than i would because i like to have long rambling stories as you can see so okay here's my review i wrote this and i hopefully i wrote it good here we go i love the introductions of the old treehouse of horror episodes i wish they would do them again i remember seeing the devil painting and being so creeped out as a kid the first segment of the episode extremely iconic to me having flanders as the devil was so trippy when i first saw this and it felt right for some reason i laughed so hard when homer thought he was <laughs> outsmarting the devil by not eating the last bit of the donut having him having so many different types of food to eat and then yet still eating the donut was so funny my brother used to laugh at Marge's hair, and when she got her hair almost sucked into the vortex, it really, truly tickled him when he saw that. <laughs> when Homer falls into hell, I was creeped out how they chopped him up, and now I was watching it. At, you know, getting the I was watching the joke, but I didn't really get the joke until now. When, uh, he, not now, but when I got older, when I realized they were chopping him up and throwing the entrails to make hot dogs. Homer never being full of donuts is a really good joke. I love how Lionel Hutz, I love some Lionel Hutz so much. It's just like, he's one of my favorite characters on the show. 
when the devil names off the evil jury, I dare you not to laugh. I mean, all those crazy, even Lizzie Borden was in it. It was so funny. Uh, Lionel disappearing. <laughs> Lionel disappearing after opening speech is the funniest gag of the segment. After Marsh reveals that she's a true owner of Homer's soul and Homer burning a few hairs on his head really made me giggle. Um, the punishment for Homer having a donut head and him eating his own head it was really creepy but funny. I love how all the cops are waiting for him to get out. It's just so funny. They're just like, he's going to get out there, boys. So funny. I love that segment. So the next segment I was cracking up when home, when Krusty had a trading card that says Krusty poses for trading card photo. It's so funny. I also found it funny when Milhouse cuts his cheek on the gum because back in the day when trading cards, I used to collect trading cards when I was a kid, especially marble ones. And they did come with the most stalest gum ever made. I remember like being so stale. I thought I was like, what's the point of even having it in here? Martin having a <laughs> Martin having a Wayne computer t-shirt still makes me laugh out loud. The layer joke about the gremlin being this on the side of the bus and then having Hans in a gremlin car and then <laughs> blowing up was genius i never get tired of the clang and kodos no like cameos that they have every halloween so funny uh it was also funny that bart was having a freak out over the gremlin and no one believing him and he's doing everything in his power to stop it when bart grabs one of the flares from martin's pocket and then puts it back in was truly giggle worthy after bart knocks off the gremlin and <laughs> flanders runs it over and he tries to help it and then it starts slashing at flanders's face it was so funny um, it's also is it great how at least the ending segment where the gremlin is holding Flanders' head is the best. I thought that was so clever how they just continued that whole thing. It was also very creepy for me as a kid. I remember watching that and I was like, oh my god, they killed Lance Flanders. And also I realized that Flanders was in the first two segments. Interesting. And having, you know, it's pretty interesting. Anyways, so in the Chief Quimpy not having the clues... Uh, well, this is on the second, the third, the final segment. Chief Quimpy not having the clues, understanding the clues. They were referring to a vampire, but then yet destroying the Egyptian museum was really funny. After Lisa's screaming about vampires, and then soon after having Mr. Blood licking, Mr. Burns licking blood out of his mouth was a perfect gag. Uh, Marge saying, did everyone wash their necks? Like Mr. Burns said, and then Homer having a dirty towel. was <laughs> The amount of jokes, uh, rapid fire jokes in this segment was so amazing. I couldn't even talk about them all because it was just constantly happening. I loved everything about it. It's almost like they spent the entire time developing this one segment compared to the other two. The transition of Mr. Burns into a bat from a bat is so slick. I love how I love the line of kill my boss. Do I dare live out the American dream? It's like so perfect. Homer driving the stake through Mr. Burns heart and then getting fired is a great joke. Honestly, it's like, that was very iconic. The twist ending of everyone turning into vampires and having Marge being the head vampire made me laugh so hard. And it was unexpected, completely unexpected. What I didn't like was the Snoopy ending. It felt very out of place. I get what they were trying to do, but I wasn't a big fan of that one little bit at the end. But that did not tarnish my opinion of the episode because it definitely gets a 10 out of 10. I mean, seriously, there it just... From the beginning to the end of this episode is just constantly giggling and laughing. I should have made this my number one because I kind of forgot about it. I just remembered watching uh, Treehouse of Horror. I think it was, what did I mention? Treehouse of Horror 5? 6? I can't remember now. The one I watched last, the one I was talking about last time, that was the one I always remembered when I think of Treehouse of Horror. But after watching this, I'm like, this is pretty 
awesome too it's like wow it's kind of like you have to toss it there's a lot of really good older simpsons episodes like wow i was really shocked how great this was and uh i remember watch, watching it so many times but then i haven't been watching the simpsons as much as i used to watch so when i watch it it's like an old friend like hey i remember you <laughs> so here's the trivia for this episode the final episode uh conan o'brien wrote for isn't that cool this is the last episode Halloween special that uses bridging sequences between the segments. The first appearance of Uter, which I didn't realize, he was conceived as a one-time joke but reappeared in later episodes because David Merkin felt he was a perfect stereotype. Terror at five and a half feet was inspired by Nightmare at 20,000 feet 1963 from 1963 in which William Shatner's character is inside of an airplane watching a gremlin tear apart the wing. David Silverman watched the episode as an inspiration for Bart's facial expressions. The episode was remade in Twilight Zone, the movie, with John Lithgow taking over for Shatner. Nancy Cartwright appeared in a different segment in that film. Isn't that cool? And Nancy Cartwright is the voice of Bart, right? Yeah. So uh, Bill Oakley uh, loved the idea of Flanders being the devil because he's one of those you at least expect. He also thought Harry Schreier did a good job of playing Flanders in a much darker way, which were all remaining true to the character. The wraparounds are based on the Night Gallery, 1969, in which Rod Sterling appears at an art gallery and introduces each episode by unveiling a painting depicting the stories. James L. Brooks loved the show, so he thought it'd be great fun to do it as a parody. The painting spoof in the intro are Giorgio De Circo, Vincent Van Gogh, Pablo Picasso, Salvador Dali, M.C. Escher, and Edvard Munch. In the outro, I mean the intro of the third part, the spoof of Jacques Louise David, Picasso again, Rene Magri, I guess, and Cases Marcellus Coolidge. Ooh, those are really hard words, uh, names to pronounce. In the beginning of the Bart Simpson's Dracula, which is a play on Brim Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, Brim Stoker's Dracula. The boat pictured in the living room is replaced by the dogs playing poker. Oh. I didn't know that. Uh, David Merkin was a big fan of Bram Stoker's, Bram Stoker's Dracula and pushed for the segment about the vampires inspired in the movie. He liked the final result and felt Mr. Burge was perfect for the role of Dracula. The first time Devil Flanders appears, he looks the same as Devil Sharon Borg from Fantasia 1940. David Silverman particularly admired the animation in that sequence. In addition to the Richard Nixon, none of the 1976 Philadelphia Flyers were dead at the time of the original airing. As well, the 1976, the days of the infamous Broad Street Bullies were over with the departure of David the Hammer Schultz. I have no clue what they're talking about. Oh, <laughs> I'm not that old. Uh, Conan O'Brien worked on the wraparounds of Bart introducing each segment to make sure that they pulled the episode together. Scenes cut from The Devil and Homer Simpson include one showing Homer's severed head being used as a bowling ball by a demon in hell. Bart teasing Satan by offering his soul to for a Formula One racing car and then changing his mind and Lionel Hutz returning with an empty pizza box. In the final version, the Hutz escapes from the bathroom window due to unintentionally aiding the devil in court. The scenes later appeared in The Simpsons 138th episode Spectacular in 1995, which aired in The Simpsons 7th season. Bill Oakley said that there was a lot of work put into the design of the gremlin to make him scary within the Simpsons universe. David Merkin said he felt the gremlin was well done because he looked scary and yet looked like a complete organic Simpsons character. It's true. 
the, I mean, it's, that was my opinion. It's true. <laughs> Not part of what I read. The, the scene with Bart, Vampire Bart floating outside Lisa's window trying to get in is based on a similar scene by Toby Cooper in 1979's adaptation of Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Stephen Merkin thought that Treehouse of Horror episodes were the hardest episodes to do because the staff had to fit three stories in only 22 minutes. Merkin said that things had to happen really fast. They're really crammed with jokes and story beats and everything. That's why I love them so much, personally. Uh, David Merkin is a big Peanuts fan and came up with the idea of the ending of Bart Simpson's Dracula, obviously. The detail, the dialogue in the second segment was used in the Oakley Doakley song, Pause, Paw My Eyes Out. Oh. The only historical figure to serve on the jury of the damned is both Devil and the Devil of Homer Simpson and the original Devil and David Webster, Daniel Webster is Edward Teach, a.k.a. Blackbeard, and the Devil with Devil and Daniel Webster. Old Scratch explains that Benedict Arnold is otherwise occupied. The scene of Homer in a room with the unlimited donuts is an interesting parallel with the Homer Price story, The Donuts, where the automatic donut making machine malfunctions and fills the entire shop with donuts. Also, both main characters share the same first name. Interesting. The opening credits usually have Halloweenish spin on the producer names a writer the names. As this is Conan O'Brien's last episode, he had a late night talk show. His credits dreads watch Conan O'Brien. <laughs> That's funny. Um, this is one of the two Halloween specials where Lisa's about to get bitten as a vampire, only to be interrupted. The other one was Treehouse of Horror. Ooh, geez, what is this, 21? Roman numerals are hard. <laughs> the first, they're not really, but it just took me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. The first Lionel, this is the first time Lionel Hutz has been in a Halloween episode. This is the first hot Treehouse of Horror not to feature a warning from either Marge or Homer just before the opening sequence. Although Marge does interrupt Bart in Bart's introduction to remind him of to give such a warning. Dracula and his castle are designed by David Silverman. Beginning with this episode, every Treehouse of Horror has Nancy it has Gracie Films logo screaming, except I don't know what that means. Well, I guess at the very end, this is the first episode where the Nancy Films logo is screaming. You no, know, at the very end, she's like ah, whatever. Instead of the whispering, like shh, kind of noise. The ending music that plays in the credits is shown is inspired par partially by the Adams Family original theme song, specifically the snapping heard throughout it. And the final one is random fire explosion when Otto rams. Not Hans Moments off the road, his car comes into a gentle stop and explodes. <laughs> Up next, Family Guy. Family Guy. All right. Up next is Peter Geist, season four, episode 26. I got this synopsis or like summary from Wikipedia. <laughs> After Joe builds a home theater system, Peter decides to build a multiplex in his backyard out of spite. While digging, Peter finds a skull of a Native American buried in his backyard. Peter names it Chief Diamond Phillips. Brian frequently urges him to return the skull into the resting place, but Peter treats it as a novelty, playing with it, yearning, wearing it as an athletic cup, etc. That night, the Griffins start experiencing strange paranormal activity. Stewie talks to the TV static and the chairs and refrigerators stack themselves upside down in the kitchen table. Peter rips the flesh off of his face and uncovers Hank Hill's face. Chris stares, uh, is scared by the McDonald's clown, Ron McDonald, and then 
gets attacked by an evil tree before being saved by Herbert. Lois is uh, in denial of the events until Stewie gets sucked into the closet and disappears. To find Stewie, the Griffins hire a spiritual medium, Bruce, a performance artist in one of his many jobs, to contact the other side and learn the entrance uh, the entrance to the spirit world is in Stewie's closet and the exit is in Meg's behind. Unable to wait for Stewie to come out of the closet, he is obviously reluctant to exit from Meg's rear end, Lois decides to uh, enter the portal and rescue Stewie. They drive away, and then the en enraged spirits emerge and ravage the Griffin house, sucking them into the world, sucking the house into the world. As the Griffins drive off, Peter dumps a Native American skull into the garbage can. Now homeless, Peter and Lois try to find their way to get out of get the house back and learn that the Native American skull needs to be put back in its resting place. After searching through the city dump, a garbage man tells them that the skull would be in the human remains bin, which hasn't been cleaned out, was cleaned out by a Keratop for using as props. They go to Keratop's mansion and after the chase, go through a hall of mirrors, they retrieve the skull, rebury it, and thereby getting back their house and returning life back to normal. At the end, Lois takes the TV and moves it outside in front of the door and Peter comes out, retrieves it, and puts out Meg instead. So that was the episode synopsis from Wikipedia. And here's my review, which is going to be similar to how I did The Simpsons. I'm just going to recap everything I saw as I typed it in and then give my opinion as what's happening. So the gag of Peter whispering his complaints about Joe to Joe was pretty funny. Most of the references in the beginning of the episode are rather old and aren't funny anymore. I did find that the Home Depot parody Home Supply rather funny. And in fact, they, they had a one-up section that was pretty clever. The Mayor West uh, gag that they had wasn't very good. Peter making fun of Robin Williams by reducing his comedy to blah, blah, blah was pretty funny. I know a lot of people who really love the early Family Guy episodes, but I am not one of those people. Obviously, this is a parody of Poltergeist even from the, just the title. Having Stewie being the girl from the movie and talking to the TV was pretty funny. Although the joke of Lois being in denial of the super obvious... <laughs> Supernatural events did crack me up. Um, I did not find the thunder scene to be very good at all. I also did not like the cutaway where Stewie imitates that MTV show, which I can't say. It wasn't very funny at all either. The gross cutaway where Peter uh, reveals his face to be Hank Hill was pretty awesome, especially when I first saw it. Uh, Herbert acting as Gandalf uh, to the tree was unnecessary and weird and very long. I remember my friends in school... They all thought it was, they were just totally charmed by that scene. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> it wasn't really for me. When Stewie gets sucked into the TV and begins doing the Phil Collins imitation, I thought that was pretty good and original. Having Bruce as a spiritual medium was unexpected and hilarious. Having the exit being Meg's butt just wasn't really all that funny and seemed kind of like lazy writing. Peter, Peter's bathroom scene was totally forgettable. Another scene that wasn't funny was the various Meg butt jokes. They just seemed like they were going on forever. Bruce talking about the restaurant in a whisper tone drove me nuts. The Dick Shaney joke was funny when I first saw it, but now it's kind of a dated joke. They Them leaving Meg behind and, and her catching up was really silly and funny. The Don Knotts ostrich cutaway was just terrible. I don't know why people thought, would think that would be funny. Same goes for Stewie explaining his life on the other side. It really wasn't funny. 
Since the uh, family has no home, now they're going to the soup kitchen. The scene where they treated the soup kitchen as like an upscale restaurant kind of thing was kind of funny. Um, it was cute seeing Brian roll around in garbage and all of the carrot top scenes. I don't know if that was actually carrot top or not, but they were not funny. I didn't find any of that funny. Overall, I give this episode a 6 out of 10. It really didn't do anything for me. Uh, the reason I picked it was because it was regularly on the top list of uh, best Family Guy Halloween themed episodes. Like, you know, like creepy episodes or whatever. It wasn't because I was truly in love with this episode. I still don't know why it's rated so highly. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Maybe it's just me. I don't know what it is. So the trivia for this episode. There is a scene where Stewie is doing a skit for the show I can't name in which he attacks Peter on the toilet and tears off his shirt was actually featured in the movie of that show where Bam Amar Magar, I forgot his name, does the same to his father, Phil. Peter even goes as far as nearly quoting what Phil says after his attack. In the scene where Peter found the skull of the native chief, he reenacted of Robin Williams as a gay Elmer Fudd. According to the featurette, the genie outtakes in the diamond edition of Aladdin, Robin Williams did a recording of impression of Elmer Fudd. Joe Swanson's movie theater logo is a parody of the TriStar Pictures logo. The song Stoby Sings is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. And night in 2015, Fox 2000 Pictures, a defunct division of 20th Century Fox, is now 20th Century Studios. The studio behind Family Guy would later remake Poltergeist. Oof, that was a turnaround. The title made reference to Poltergeist that is a spirit or group appearance that makes themselves known by moving objects around in a disorganized fashion within the confined area. This is the first episode to reference uh, a Gilligan's Island episode. This episode has a reference to Saint Gilligan and the Dragon. When Stewie rips open Peter's shirt, the references that the Peter, the professor does after his Cary Grant dream sequence. Ugh, I don't understand that. When Stewie sings and does the drum solo part in the air tonight, he does the solo at the wrong part of the actual song. I did notice that when I first saw this. I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's not right. So, the wrap-up. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, let me just start off. My favorite episode of the night was Treehouse of Horror 4. Easily. It was hilarious. Uh, there was so many great gags in it. It brought back memories that I completely forgot about because I haven't seen it in a while. It made me feel like warm and fuzzy inside. I was very happy. I loved it, loved it, loved it. It made the whole night worth it because uh, I got to see like the funniest jokes I haven't seen in forever. I'm surprised they weren't already outdated like the Family Guy episodes. They were actually still pretty good now, even though they were referencing older things such as like Bram Stoker's Dracula, but that is like a timeless story anyways. So yeah, I thought that was overall the best of the night. Closely followed by Bob's Burgers, The uh, Nightmare on Ocean Avenue Street is really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Obviously, they both got 10s out of 10s. But Simpsons just edged it out because of the amount of jokes and gags in that episode. It was clearly the more superior episode for me. And then far behind is Family Guy. It really did nothing for me. I didn't really enjoy it at all. I'm sorry if you loved it. I did not really enjoy it. It was a lot of old jokes. There were some funny moments. Overall, is it watchable again? Yeah, but will I want to watch it again? No, not at all. 
not for me, not my, my cup of tea. And clearly, not everyone that's listening to this podcast is cup of tea either because that was uh, an update on this podcast that I wanted to bring up. So um, I went through the uh, algorithms and my analytics, and I noticed there's a drop-off in listening once Family Guy is being mentioned. So um, when I did my poll on Instagram, Family Guy was very high in um, my poll results. But it feels like my Instagram followers are not necessarily my podcast listeners. So um, after the next Friday, so the next Friday's episode is the final, it's, I think it's the Halloween uh, like Curse of Ocean Avenue, I think it's called. Um, that will be the final uh, Friday where I'll have all three shows talked about like I'm doing it right now. Because from now on, after Halloween, uh, and starting in November, I will do premiere night, which will include fam no, Family Guy. It will include Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, and Family Guy in the premiere night because I'll do all three of them in one time. But uh, now I'll have The Simpsons on Wednesdays and then Bob's Burgers on Fridays because I don't want to interfere with bob's burgers fridays so we'll have the simpsons on wednesday so they'll basically i'm basically mixing up the podcast so that it stays true to the original format but also introduces a new show and i want to keep the premiere night like in that group because it really works well so we'll have his premiere night on mondays simpsons on wednesdays and then bob's burgers on fridays so hopefully that system will work out and will evolve later on if it needs to change but i think that's the final setup and uh, i also want to say that i think um i i will occasionally i think drop in american dad in once in a while um if there's an episode i really want to talk about because it's going to be in like an adult animated comedies podcast in general so that i can mix and match different things but i going to keep Simpsons on Wednesdays and Bob's Burgers on Fridays. Those will always be those days so that I have some consistency going on because premiere night obviously might not be every night. It might because some nights are going to skip because of like sports or events. So those nights I'll be able to introduce like other shows or other episodes that might be interesting to my listeners. So that would be the like basically the wild card night on Monday on uh, yeah Mondays, so you know like Sunday night Monday you know what I'm talking about. So by Monday all the the wild cards premiere night and all that stuff will happen that that day. While Wednesdays will always be Simpsons and Fridays will always be Bob's Burgers, so that I can keep some consistency. I don't like having things. I just like everything organized. That's just how I am. Organized, organized, organized. So that's my personality. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. I cut it down, obviously, from the last episode. I just thought it would be really funny to do a very long episode. I've never done one before. And that's why I went ham on that episode, making it insanely long. I really thought it'd be really funny and fun. And it's just to see what, you know, people are willing to tolerate on a level. You're going like, this is just too long. Or, oh, this is kind of fun. It's very long. You know, I want to see that reaction. So, um, yeah, my goal is to have it around 30 minutes to an hour in general for most episodes. So, um, yeah, because the shows are only 30 minutes long. I mean, how can I really stress it out any much longer? 
like just keep adding stuff that doesn't make any sense so yeah so hopefully 30 minutes to an hour at the max for episodes and uh from now on and then you'll I'll have uh if i do watch alongs i'm obviously going to say they're going to do watch alongs and before the beginning nothing's going to change there either obviously check the the little like emojis i put them on the page on purpose so you know what to see that episode so if you see a donut it's the simpsons if you see uh, a burger it's bob's burgers if you see a beer it's going to be family I mean, family guy if you see all three you know it's all three of them are in that episode if you're gonna see an american flag you know it's american dad you know if you see like you know just keep track if you see a, a, a look you know an icon that's different or whatever you know it's not going to be a simpsons bob's burgers or family guy episode so the emojis will help i just want to have more content out and if you don't like every episode and you're like oh i don't want to listen to i don't know american dad just don't listen to it it's fine it doesn't hurt my feelings i understand we don't love everything i enjoy it a lot i love tons of you know animated comedies it's just i understand other people don't have the same 100 percent you know same interest but understand bob's burgers is always my number one when it comes to this podcast it, that's why it's called uh ocean avenue because it's like i love bob's burgers but i also want to have other things um in the uh, in the show because there are other podcasts that focus on bob's burgers only and what is the incentive to come to my podcast if there's like six of those out there you know so maybe you love bob's burgers but then you're like oh i also like this show oh thank goodness he's doing an episode about that but you know that's my plan so we'll see how that goes i'm just willing to roll with the punches and keep coming up with new ideas trying to make sure i can appease everyone and make it a fun interactive podcast you know make it different and interesting <laughs> so and you always have something new to listen to i know what i hate listening to podcasts that literally just are cut and dry you know they just basically have an outline for every episode and you know everything that's going to happen and it gets to the point where you're like why am i listening and i feel like i'm i'm very sporadic person already and uh this would be kind of a fun I don't know. I just think it's fun to mix things up and make it exciting and see what things go. I mean, there's lots of things going on in my head 24 hours a day. I'm, I'm like, ah, all the time. If you go to my Instagram at, uh, at Ocean Avenue Podcast, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't think I have anything on there that ever stays in, stays in order. It's always, you know, fake products and uh, pictures, uh, you know, realistic looking pictures and drawings of other, I mean, it's just constantly, you know, different things because I, I have attention problems. I'm always like everywhere. So that's just how I am. <laughs> Sorry if it's like rambling, but I'm just telling you the truth. So anyways, uh, check out. Oh yeah. I wanted to talk about upcoming episodes. I have on my phone. Let me get it out real quick. So give me one second and I'll be right back. All right. So I'm back. I have a source. I don't want to say it's a source. But uh, I did get information on upcoming episodes. So as um, I think you, I mentioned previously, the Pickler Red is the next episode coming up this Sunday. And then followed by that, it's going to be running down the gene. And then the big episode, which everybody's super excited for, is Believe It or Not, which reintroduces um, Jimmy Pesto. And I'm assuming with a new voice actor, clearly. I'm really excited to find out who the new voice actor is. Isn't it amazing we're getting a new voice actress for Marshmallow and a new voice actor for 
Jimmy Pesto in the same season. Insane. I can't believe it. And then, um, yeah, then we get, I don't want to say all the names, but we'll, I don't want to like do any spoilers here. So if you don't want to hear the rest of the episodes, just uh, in the podcast now. <laughs> if you want to hear it, I'll give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Here we go. So uh, after the Jimmy Pesto episode, it's going to be the Raccoon King and I. So I'm assuming it's a Linda-centric episode where we're going to get more information about, uh, I think, King. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, King Trashmouth. I forgot his name now. I'm assuming it's that. You know, the raccoon family in the backyard. And then we're going to get Fraud of the Dead, uh, Docu Paulus. I'm assuming like it's like Dawn of the Dead. Now, what it's going to be airing right before Thanksgiving. And then we have Escape from Witch Island is going to be airing after Thanksgiving. Now, there is no Halloween episode this year. I don't know if they're going to merge them together in Fraud of the Dead. Because I have a feeling they are because they did it previously in Dawn of the Peck. And this is things like it's a sequel to that episode. We'll soon find out. Well, I don't know exactly, but I have a feeling it is. And then we have um, after those two is Warp Me Worry, which is a play on What Me Worry, which was a, mag a magazine thing. Then we have The Nightmare Two Days Before Christmas. Interesting, right? And like very a lot of spooky episodes this year. Mission Impossible, Jade in the Shade, Butt Sweat and Fears, another one, The Big Stabout Blitzky, I don't know how to pronounce that, The Right Tough Stuff, To Catch a Bee, and uh, The Tina Table, The Table Have Tina. <laughs> and then finally, uh, sometime down below, we're going to get Don't Stop Be Cheesin'. So, there's a lot of really fascinating titles this year, and I'm really excited to cover those. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be really fun, I think. We're gonna get a lot of really interesting content this year from Bob Burgers. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I'm really excited for this year. Well, anyways, um, I'm gonna have a poll and tell me which episode uh, of tonight did you feel was the best. And you can uh, vote on that poll, and uh, have a, uh, I'll have a random question available if you want to write anything. And uh, keep an eye out for the next episode, which will be the premiere night, which will be on October 22nd. So that Monday it should be up. And uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. We're going to get a uh, the, the I think it's the Piccolo Red episode, and and I think it was the McMansion episode for Homer and the Simpsons. And then uh, Family Guy had. I forgot what Family Guy had. Honestly, I remember I wrote it, but I forgot what it was. Oh, well, that's coming up, too, on, on the 22nd. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, so, yeah, make sure you follow me at uh, Instagram and go to my webpage at podcasterdonnie.com. And uh, stick out for the next episode coming out this Sunday. So, until then, bye bye <laughs>